Hello out there, podcast world, uh, beloved saints from Restoration Church. Here we are, Church Basic Series. You're wondering, is this series ever going to end? We just keep going. We need to talk about that. We can talk about that. <laughs> yes, we do. And we do still have a couple more. That's right. Uh, so today we're going to talk about that beloved American topic. And I say American because it is. Uh, there are whole books written about it. Music. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Worship Wars. Uh, there's literally books called Worship Wars. So, um, yeah, singing, singing in the church. We talked why, just a little bit th- about that last week. Yeah. Why do you think singing and worship have become synonymous instead oh, of worship? Easy. Worship being all of life. What? Like, oh, so, like the the word. I thought yeah. you were asking a different question. No, like so. Why is it like we refer to like well preaching, but then we have worship, which is singing. Like why why have we separated? Uh, it's That's a probably question, a careful but. you know grammar of faith. We got to be careful the way we use our words. It probably got co opted when we started calling music leaders worship leaders. Ooh, maybe yeah, anyway. yeah, yeah. So anyway, I thought you were going to ask a different question. Wait, why is it we? Why is it there are wars with music, whereas there might uh, there's not as much in other aspects of the service? Uh, to yeah. me, that's easy. What was your answer? Well, my answer would be is we're used to hearing music as entertainment. That's what we always are all the rest of our weeks. Like I do this all the time. I like to listen to music. So when I come into church, I just assume whether I think about this consciously or not. That's what the music is for. It's there to entertain me. Yeah, and I think there's also a part where music touches our affections. And so there's almost a kind of a more desire or affectionate or something going on that you're yeah. touching at the kind of deeper part of who I am yeah. when you get at music. Yeah, which goes so. back to what we talked about last time about how we often even then think the worship service is there for me ultimately. That's right. Instead of for worship for God, the good of our neighbor. So therefore that gets thrown on our music. And of course our musical preferences are a myriad. I have a Pandora account that has <laughs> you, you, 13,000 stations. I know, when you walked in here just a moment, I was like, what are you listening the to? The Randy Edelman station, man. Go get the Randy Edelman. I don't know good, who he is, but it sounded like you were – good music. I don't know what it was. Yeah, but. good studying music, Randy Edelman station. So we tend to kind of do that too. We're used to having our preferences in music. So since we already think that music is sort of more for my entertainment and we – unintentionally, probably subconsciously think the worship service is ultimately for me. Therefore, since I'm used to music being about my preferences, I'm just to assume that's going to yeah. – uh, that's the way it's going to be today. And so therefore, and I it, don't like it. I right. let it be known. Let's be clear. It's not wrong to have preferences. No. It's, not like, it's not wrong to like more songs yes. less than other songs or whatever. Uh, but that so shouldn't true. be the driving factor. So but, true. So yeah. true. Yeah. It's okay. If it were up to me, we'd sing a few Sue certain songs every week. But yeah, you know, I think that's a helpful thing to note. I think people don't realize that that uh, people don't realize, Joey, that you and I actually we do things in the life of the service that we would actually rather not do. We would we would might have a preference to do it in a different way. Sure, there are songs that you really like that I don't care for. That's there right. are songs that I like that you don't care for. What that's I mean, right. just back and forth. Yeah. But again, we, we're getting ahead of ourselves. But, that's right. Yes. All right, you go come yeah. back to music. Yeah. All right, why so. are we singing, Joseph? Yeah, why should we even sing in service? We talked a little bit about this last time about how unique it is for a yeah. Christian ceremony. Yeah. So, so two things. Sing in those gatherings. Yeah, so two things. As we've said before, it's both the pattern of Scripture and the prescription of Scripture. So read the Old Testament. Uh, God is 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 continually his people are continually singing. He's a God who sings. Zephaniah three. Jesus gathers his disciples and sings with them on the Mount of Olives. And so uh, it's patterned in the in the Godhead Himself, but then just patterned in His people. Mm-hmm. So we look at eternity, or we look at the people in the past. They're singing. The New Testament saints are singing. And guess what? We're going to be doing a large part of what we're doing in heaven. What they're doing right now is they're singing. Uh, so that's the <laughs> that's the pattern. But there's also prescriptions. So any yeah. any 
Yeah, great one. I love this one. Such a good one. Uh, Colossians chapter three. Uh, we read here. No, I want you to think about notice, notice the, uh, the lead into this. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, mm. teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom. Then listen what comes next. Singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Mm. So just break that down really briefly. Note that it's the word of Christ dwelling in us richly through the teaching and admonishing of one another in all wisdom of that teaching of the word of Christ, which then results in this bursting force of singing and all these different types of songs that are done with thankfulness to God. Right. So that that tells us a lot about why we sing, how we sing, what we sing, all those things we'll get to. So, yeah, and the pattern of uh, the prescriptions of Scripture, you have one there. Just go read the Psalms. Mm-hmm. I mean, all over the place, yeah. you know, more than 50 times we're told, commanded by God to sing. Yeah. And so. He guesses why he wants us to sing. I think because he, he know one, it glorifies him because he's the God who has made words and rhythm and yeah. beat and made it beautiful. Mm-hmm. So I think that's one reason. I think also there's something about singing that allows us to express our God glorifying in emotions and affections mm-hmm. yeah. and tie it to truth yeah. in a way that just reading or hearing uh, preaching cannot. Yeah, Luther talks about how singing is second only to preaching, or you know, it's it's so important. It's right there next to it. That's right. So it because helped. of that very reason, it's yeah. it's kind of interweaving. It's our response to the word such that it engages our affections at a deep level, and not just our intellect. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So we can say, you know, we can read Isaiah six: "Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty," mm-hmm. and then we can go sing. Holy, holy, holy! Four stanzas of it, and feel a completely different yeah. thing. Yeah. But it's wetting that truth to our affections. Yeah. So. so singing is helping engage again. It's sort of trying to gauge more of the senses more than just our intellect. Yeah. So that sort of talks about why we should sing in services. Maybe now, Joey, let's ask the question: What should we sing? Okay. Well, what what shouldn't we sing, Nathan? What shouldn't are, we are there sing? things we shouldn't sing in a corporate gathering? Uh, anything to, that does not glorify Christ. Right. <laughs> That's my safe answer. Are yeah. you after something else? No, no. <laughs> I, but I think that there's one. There's I think there's songs that are just altogether not glorifying to Christ. Yeah. Uh, but I also think that there are songs that are popular. Yep. On Christian radio. Yes. That I would say either are are very thin theologically, speculative that you just don't know what they mean, or sometimes they're just wrong. Yeah. Yeah. And so. Yeah, so, so if the if the word of Christ should dwell us in us richly, then we should be singing the kinds of things that are in keeping with that word, not right. the things that are uh, disassociated with the word, things that are wrong about Christ, things that are wrong about His gospel or about His church. That's right. So we're going to be really the what should be very wedded to the word. So whatever it is we singing has to be true. That's right. So the the content of each song should be explaining and expounding on what God's word already says. Now, is there poetic license in singing? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Just like they're in the in the Psalms, you're like, well, sometimes you might say something, you're like, I'm not sure exactly what that means, but there's there's poetry. So I'm not saying that everything has to have exact word to word scripture correspondence, but I do think it should be informed uh, 
by the word and what's true in the word. Yeah, we got to be. We just want to be really clear, as clear as we can, on the faithfulness of doctrine in the things that we sing. Uh, I can think about First Timothy one, where Paul says to Timothy. Uh, he urges him to remain at Ephesus so that he may charge certain persons not to teach any different doctrine, nor to devote themselves to myths, endless, gene- endless genealogies, which promote speculation rather than the stewardship from God that is by faith. So we want to sing songs that, that are not promoting speculations, but are clear on what sound doctrine is. That's right. So if there's something that's iffy, it's best just, there's too many other songs to sing. We're just not going to sing it. That's right. And I, and I think on a couple of different axes as well, we want to make sure that we're singing songs that are both individual and corporate. Mm-hmm. Uh, believe it or not, it's it's harder to find songs that are in the plural. We, uh, us, yeah. our. Sometimes this bothers me if I was being honest. It's <laughs> the amount of eyes and knees that uh, we sometimes sing on a Sunday. Yeah. And yeah. so, but even songs that we love. Which of course are good and yeah, true. Even songs that we love dearly that are rich historic songs like Amazing Grace. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's an individual song yep, yep. that saved a wretch like me. Once right. I was blind, now I see. And that, yeah. that's true. Right. But if we don't pay attention to the the corporateness, we could go a whole service and sing songs that never mention the corporate nature of the gathering in which we're in. Yeah. And so I want to I'm trying to make sure that we're singing songs that are individual because we are we have an individual relationship with yep, Christ. That's right. We didn't cease to be individuals. That's but right. we're also something more than that now as a blood bought family. Yeah. So which you know we want to you know coming off of Judges, we're so reminded of this idea of how Israel came into the land and they adopted the gods that were around them. And the God that is around us, as we talked about so much, is this idea of individualism. And so therefore, therefore, what we need to understand is that one way we work against that is by understanding and singing collectively, corporately, and not focusing all the songs on me and my and I. So, you know, when you think back to the older songs, they're thinking about this more often. Not only, like you right. said, Amazing yeah. Grace is an old song. Sure. But I think about A Mighty Fortress. A Mighty Fortress is our God. A bulwark never failing, our helper, he amid the flood of mortal ills prevailing, for still our ancient foe doth seek to work us woe. So helpful, just listening to those songs. This is in the what. We're not only singing the word, but we're singing it, going back to that verse, Colossians 3, to one another. That's right. Right. So it's not just the me's, it's the us. Yeah, so uh, on the the what, we want to make sure that the content is rich. We want to make sure it's corporate and individual. And I think also on the what, we want to make sure that our church reflects its age. And what I mean by that is not our age of eight years old, but our age of century after century after century old. And so if the only songs that we sang were written in the past 10 years, I think we've done ourselves a disservice right? because we have cut ourselves off from hundreds, millennia of church history Mm -hmm. with faithful brothers and sisters that have gone before us. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, I've had our musicians tell us, Joey, sometimes it's hard. Yeah. To go from a hill song yeah. to a amazing grace or how yeah. firm a foundation or yeah. you know pick another hymn that we do. Yeah. I'm sure they're right. They are. Yeah. Music. Maybe we shouldn't do it. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure we we get it wrong, right? From time <laughs> yeah. to time. Yeah. Like we put yeah. that on paper it just didn't work out. That's right. And music, we learn, we move on. Musically it can be hard. Yeah. Uh, but at the end of the day, my my greatest concern is not tempo, but content. Yeah. And so We've, yeah. We're always learning, and I met with Robert Ridgway and Daniel Kim recently and worked on some stuff to work through, but uh, we're trying to reflect the age. So we're trying to sing a couple of traditional hymns, a couple of contemporary hymns, and a couple of 
modern kind of corporate praise songs. So the word needs to be the what we're singing is the word. Uh, the uh, also the what is the us, the one another we're singing. Uh, the corporate nature. Third, you talked about the age. I think fourthly would be the mood. Oh, right? yes. The what yeah. of the mood. We should have different moods. Now, we're not really good at this. You know, we like to be sort of happy, upbeat songs, but we should, we ought to sing songs of lament. You know, yeah. I can think, uh, yeah, there's numerous uh, songs in which we can do that. Well, there's songs of praise and wonder. There's songs of celebration. Right there's uh, songs that involve uh, confession. That's right. These different moods in in the Christian life. Yeah. So so that then leads to we've talked about the the uh, the why do we sing? We talked about the what we should sing. Now let's ask the how. So here's where the most of the disagreement starts to come in. Maybe right. Uh, pro- most probably, Christians would agree with yeah, a lot of what we've already said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that the how. So read read again Colossians three, just so it's fresh in our mind. Colossians three. Let's bring it again and bring it back up. I had on front of me Sorry. how Did you have mighty. Else? Yeah, I had mighty uh, fortresses are God in front of me, and then I had First Timothy one. Now here we go. Colossians. I got my. You do Colossians Ephesians three. five too. It's how? the same verse. So Ephesians five. But if you're right, Colossians yeah, three. Got go it right here. Here right. we go. Uh, it says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing. That, real quick, that you there is, yep. I'm guessing, a second plural. Person plural. You yeah. all. Yeah, you all. Y'all, as we like to say down there south. Let the, <laughs> you, that was, uh, let the word of Christ dwell in y'all richly, teaching and admonishing. Here it is again, one another in all wisdom. So part of the how is, I don't know if you've ever thought about this, Christian, as you've, as you're listening to this. Have you ever thought that you're actually singing? To like your neighbor? Sometimes I do this. I, there's another pastor that I love and I'm, I'm with regularly. And I notice sometimes he looks at us when he's singing. And I always thought that was kind of odd. But now it makes more sense to me why he's doing that. He's, he's singing one to another. And I have so much joy. Um, I, I really have learned this. When to sing, and I look over there and I see, say, you, Joey, knowing what you've been through this week. And I see you yeah. singing Amazing Grace. Or I look over and I see... You know, Jody Lika singing something, knowing that what she's been through, or, you know, we're, we're singing this together. So beautiful. Yeah. The Levinskys are over there yeah. singing together. You know, we're singing this one, we're reminding each other of these truths. So that's part of the how, is we ought to sing to one another. Some other things? Yeah, well, just again, Ephesians 5, again, same thing, addressing one another. Well, how do we do that? In Psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing, making melody in your heart to the Lord. Yeah. So it's about, our singing is both vertical and horizontal. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, congregational singing is is what we emphasize, meaning the main musical instrument is the voice of the gathered saints mm-hmm. in the congregation. The music leaders up front, I praise God for them. They're they're gifted and they're wonderful, and God has given us great men and women to serve us there. But we intentionally put them off to the side mm-hmm. uh, simply because we want what we're singing and kind of how we're singing together to be the focus. Yeah. And let's just be honest, at Woodrow Wilson, it's not meant for that. Yeah. It's not. It's important to recognize. We've never talked about this really publicly, but no. it's important to note that you know one of the one of the difficulties of our gathering space, which we are so thankful for, Amen. is you have roughly 120 to 150 people in an 800 seat auditorium uh, that is built to have the sound go from the stage forward, not to go around like a church building That's is. Right. So, just beloved, next time we sing at uh, Wisconsin. Uh, What's the name of that church? Washington Washington International. International, (laughs) uh, At a members meeting or like a Good Friday service or something, compare that to what you hear on a Sunday. Now, both of them are congregational. It's just – and nothing changes. It's just the size of the space. And our Good Friday service, I still remember it. It was beautiful. But we believe – because we believe it's biblical, not just a nice thing to have. We believe it's commanded by Scripture. We're we're unwilling to to move on that. We want the people's voices, God's saints, his redeemed, his beloved – 
to be the loudest instrument in yeah. the room yeah. insofar as we can. So we're going to try to turn down the volume. So not only are we putting them off to the side, we're going to turn down the volume a little bit. Sometimes I'm – of all the elders, I am the volume curmudgeon. So I'm the one that's sort of saying, hey, brothers, I think that sir, I think the music was a little loud this week or whatever. Uh, so we're going to try to turn the volume down a little bit, try to make the accompaniment, that is the instrumentation, yeah. try to make that a little more mirror. And there's times we've had some electric guitars yeah. and basses. Once yeah. again, they're curmudgeon. Come talk yeah. to me. Uh, which I'm fine generally to have, but we want to make the instrumentation more mere to accompany the singing of the saints and the volume to be mere to accompany the singing of the saints, the loudest instrument. So yeah, and even even on a musical accompaniment, we don't have a certain set every week. There's there's various ways we set that up. Daniel does that and works with me. Uh, but another thing is just again in, in space. If 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 you're sitting in the back, I promise you, if you move four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten rows forward. Yeah. It's a different experience oh, totally. because all the voices are now behind you, and it's it's, yeah. it's a beautiful thing. So, yeah, it's beautiful. Um, so that's at the end of the day. I mean, we're trying to sing congregationally because that's what Scripture tells us to do, yeah. uh, and uh, so it's biblical. I think it's edifying. So mm-hmm. sometimes you'll see me on the front. I kind of cock my head to the left, just and I hear mm-hmm. the saints so encouraging. behind me. Yes, and so. Yeah. That's, you know, yeah, so it's it. not just about my entertainment, my preference, although my preference is fine. Uh, it's about just listening to God's people sing God's truth. Mm-hmm. Man, that is just so encouraging. I think yeah. if we have that frame of mind to worship God, to sing to one another, to hear God's people sing his truth, that's going to take away, not all, but it's going to take away some of our, a good portion anyway, of some of the uh, things maybe we would like to change in music and uh, and help orient us. We're there to worship and to love God and to love one another. Sure. And I think the the how, there's a couple more things on the, on the how. It's accessible. Mm-hmm. If we sing congregationally, if the main thing is the voice, mm-hmm. well, it's accessible to people from various cultures. Yes. Right? Yeah. And so we have people from all over the world that are a part of or visiting our church. Mm-hmm. And so they may not be familiar with a certain specific Christian hymn, but I guarantee you, if you sing it a couple of times or even after a verse or two, it's easier to pick up yeah. the, the rhythm and what's happening in the congregation mm-hmm. of being able to join in. It's a way in which we love our neighbor. That's right. right. So all different neighbors, because we have so many, I mean, 132 members over 20 plus ethnic backgrounds. And so we love our neighbor by singing congregationally, which is going to be more commonly, not only is it biblical, I think, but it's more commonly uh, a a multinational experience. They're used to singing congregationally, whereas they're not used to having kind of more concert style things. That's more cultural. Right. Uh, which we are in American culture, so we want to sure. reflect that to a degree. But we can love our neighbor by singing more contra- uh, congregationally. Yeah. And I also think that the how focusing on the congregation as the main issue is transferable. So I think mm. if you if you spoke Spanish yep. and you went over to our brothers and sisters at Sublime Gracia, mm-hmm. I would imagine that you would be able to start singing right along with them because they're going to sing a lot of the same songs that we do, yep. emphasizing the congregation. Yep. And so I think about when they gathered with us and we sang in English and Spanish, yep. we were able to sing bilingually, literally, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and and even pick up on some things because we're emphasizing the words yeah. and not a particular style or volume. Yeah, yeah. And so I yeah. think that's helpful as well. That's good. Yeah, transferable. So, so love that. You don't need a lot of, you know, as is evidenced by our church plant when we started singing earlier, we, you don't need a ton of talent 
uh, you know, you just need those voices to be able to sing God's word. So, right. so we want to sing it excellently. Amen. Right. Amen. We want to sing it excellently. And sometimes we have better weeks than others, right? Yeah. Just like my preaching is Amen. sometimes better weeks than others. That's right. My loving my wife is some weeks are better than others. That's right. Yep. But overall, the important thing is, is no matter what happens, how it sounds, how it made me feel, if we're singing the truth, singing to God, singing to one another, uh, that there's enough there. If we're singing the truth, there ought to always be enough there to satisfy our soul. That's right. Yeah. So ways, Nathan, people could prepare for the singing on a Sunday morning. Ah, uh, there you will. First off, we send word out of the songs that we're going to sing. Right. So in the weekly email, yep. all the words with the Spotify playlist for those mm-hmm. of you Spotifyers is yep. right there in your email. Don't you send isn't it in another place other than Spotify? I feel like I've seen that somewhere else. It, it, we've kind of condensed yeah. it all to Spotify because okay. like Amazon, right. they're taking it. It's in that weekly email. It's in the weekly email. Yeah. So that's one way you can get ready to sing it. I yeah. don't know. What's I mean, that, that's one. That's the main way yeah. would yeah. be pay attention to the playlist or uh, even when you come in, you have a bulletin. Yeah. And so you can see what songs we're singing right there. Yeah. And Ooh, so I thought of it. another way. I, yeah. Uh, you can you can uh, maybe not prepare, but in the service itself, I've I've learned this sometimes. Watch the person leading the singing, uh, yeah, yeah. and you'll be able. To, you'll notice most of the time they'll step away from the from the microphone. I just stepped away. Did you <laughs> like they could see that? Uh, they'll step away from the microphone, and I'll know that like he's not or they're not about to sort of go into the next stanza. And I'll notice that when they come back in, he's prompting prompting me. I can see we're about to sing a song. Um, that's been so helpful to me. Just sometimes when I'm quite, I'm not quite sure when we're going to start singing again to just watch them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so I've, I've, another one is, is just paying attention as you, if you get that weekly email, you know, the sermon, the text usually, and then the songs yeah. and the songs, it's specifically the, the last couple, two or three songs are going to be tied more directly to the sermon text because they're singing in response mm-hmm. to the preaching of the word. Yeah, one other way I would add is when you get that list, that Spotify list, whether you go and listen to it or not, go print off those lyrics or have that song nearby in your personal devotions throughout the week. You can sing one or two or three or all of those songs in your personal devotions. That's right. Uh, or in response the next week, whatever yeah. the case may be. So, yeah, I keep two little hymnals next to me in my personal devotion. I don't do it every day, but I do sing, and that's one way you can prepare. Yeah, right, and I think going back to your – maybe we're coming full circle, but why God have a sing? Because it's memorable. Yeah. Right. I mean, so often do I catch myself even singing throughout the week. My daughters do it. Yeah. My wife does it. And so it's a way. So this, we ended this past week. Here it is. Uh, what's today? Today's Tuesday. I'm still remembering our final hymn. His mercy, mercy is more. Our, our, our sins, they are many, but his mercy is more. That was the last song we sang. I still remember it. That's right. As, yeah. as someone has said before me, but as I've adopted, show me a church's songs and I'll show you their theology. Mm. And so when we sing rich theologically songs that are memorable, it's carrying us throughout the week with a rich theology that points us to the person and the work of Christ as we anticipate gathering with his family in heaven to sing together. Yeah, so, so beloved, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing uh, one another in all wisdom, singing. Singing, singing, singing. So sing one to another and enjoy the glory of Christ. Love God through singing. Love your neighbor through singing and enjoy them as they love you through their singing in the gathering for the glory of Christ. And as we conclude this podcast, are you going to sing for us? No, but there is some, there's some uh, music that leads us out, right? That's a, that's a shy Lynn song. So we're not going to do any rap that I know of together on a Sunday morning, but uh, enjoy this music. (laughs) 